Tyler. Hello. Can we talk about how crazy Deepfake is getting? Absolutely we can. So Lionsgate used Deepfake tech to take all the swearing out of a movie. And that is kind of insane to me. That's yeah, that's pretty impressive because normally <laughs> when you talk deepfake it's all about the video. Yeah, which is why like I think like now that they're doing voice, like that's it's kind of crazy. And I got thinking like how soon is it going to be where like you almost don't need actors like that are alive? <laughs> oh, we're definitely getting to that point, man. I personally watched the Tupac hologram at Coachella the one year. Yeah, and that was like when it was In like originally. Yeah, and I remember seeing like videos of that going like, holy shit. So like at the time and then like, have you ever seen like the Tom Cruise account on like TikTok or whatever? Oh yeah, I have. That's crazy <laughs> good. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy how like what they're using it for. Like it's, and they did this purely for, for like a rating standpoint because they were like, we didn't know if they were going to let us do PG-13 or R, so we just used Deepfake to remove all the swearing to get a PG-13 rating. <laughs> That's crazy. Right? Like, I, and it, I have zero interest in seeing, like, the movie we're talking about is Fall. Yeah. Where, like, two chicks end up on some kind of radio antenna or something. Yeah. I have no interest in watching this movie, none whatsoever. But now part of me's like, I kind of want to watch, watch it. it to see if I notice where all the cursing is. Yeah, like that was kind of my intention. Is like I saw this article and immediately like added it to my list because I was like, I kind of want to see that and see if they actually like if it's noticeable because there's always like that little bit like for video at least where it's like okay, you can tell that that is you know de aging or you know, deep fake or whatever, but it's mm. like, I'm curious with voice how like good it is. Cause you got to think voice would be easier. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I would think it would be easier, but to get well, the, like the tonality, right. Cause it depends on like where in a sentence and stuff, they remove it because like, if they like yell fuck and it's one long, like fuck, like that's a large gap where if you have someone who's going rambling and goes fuck okay this and then like you know goes then there's just that like weird awkward pause in between where it's like wait what it sounds yeah. unnatural so i mean and i'm curious like and i think they even talk about it in this article like like even if you can deep fake the voice out like how do you do the lips right mm -hmm. so yeah just change camera angles <laughs> yeah i guess i I mean, that would be the easiest way, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. And I've seen like, but I think it's just a matter of time because like, I don't know if you've seen the, uh, or listened to any of the deep fake, the Rogan one that the dude's got going on. No. He's taken every Rogan podcast and there's thousands of them that are like two to up to four hours long. So that's, it's a lot of audio samples of Rogan's voice. And this guy's basically made like a deep fake type thing where you type in a sentence and Joe Rogan says it. And it's, it's not oh, perfect, okay. but it sounds incredibly convincing. Yeah. Yeah. The whole like deep fake tech is like 
on one hand i find it super fascinating and then on the other hand i find it absolutely terrifying oh it can definitely be both yeah because i think uh, what was I, this isn't related to movies but i remember reading a thread and someone was like imagine the scams that are going to come out when deepfake gets like that and someone was like imagine like some hacker sent your grandma a deep fake of you asking for something mm -hmm. right and it's just like jesus that's terrifying yeah and i mean as they get better and better the sample size that they're going to need to be able to like replicate and duplicate your voice is going to get smaller and smaller well yeah like you could easily make convincing voices for the both of us because we have a podcast online <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so yeah no, it's, it's it's crazy. Like, have you looked up any of that Dolly stuff? No. What's that? It's uh, OpenAI, I want to say, is the company behind it. But they have, like, it's not really, like, deep fake per se, but it's, like, AI-generated art. Oh, so you, you yes, give I, it I've like seen a, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you give it a text prompt, and it'll bring up, like, 18 images kind of in line with what you were saying. Yeah, I've seen some of those pictures are, like, really accurate, and some of them are just, like, fucking nightmare fuel. Yeah, well, and I think it really depends on which one, because if you look up, like, Dolly 2 is, like, the main one by OpenAI, okay. but then there's a company who's trying to, like, capitalize on that name, so they run their own version of it, and it's called, like, Dolly Mini, but it has no actual relation, relation to Dolly 2. Like, they're two separate... Things. They're just using like a tweak on the name to try and draw traffic. Okay, and, yep. And their little like prompt one, like I was messing around with it the other day because one of my buddies was talking about it. It was not that good. Yeah. But I mean, technology's crazy. Yeah, and especially how they're, and it's it's weird too. Like especially because on one hand, I'm like, it's really cool that they're able to like use this, but then on the other hand, I look at like how cool practical effects are and it's like i really hope that we still get practical effects in movies and stuff i think you're so. always gonna have those like i don't know if i want to call them artistic or artsy but like there's gonna be people that are gonna push for practical effects over cgi right like we might as well just talk about it right now if you want but like that new film prey right yeah. Like a lot yeah. of people are praising it because the vast majority of that is practical effects. It's not CGI. They actually made a predator costume and put a dude in it and like used, you know, jump ropes and bungee wire and all that stuff. Like, and a lot yeah, of people it, are like, oh, this is like, this is the best predator movie we've gotten in a long time. And they're yeah. saying it's because it's practical and not fake. I mean, that's part of it. Like, practical definitely looks better on camera, but, like, on the whole, that movie is just really good. Um, I don't know if you want to get into it, because you haven't seen it yet, but... Well, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I am going to watch it, but if, there, if you wanted to talk about it, that's fine. I'll wait till you watch it, but it's just very good. Um, but, yeah. Right. but, yeah, I hope we don't lose practical effects, because, like, the other night I rewatched uh, Top Gun Maverick, because it's out on streaming now, and... Like, that movie just looks incredible because they actually filmed fighter fucking jets. <laughs> so, yeah, that yeah. was a very, very well done movie. And then, so we have the world's second largest movie theater chain filing for bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, eh? <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Regal Cinemas, owner of Cineworld. So I think this is big in not America. Like, I think it's like the Europe one. Okay. I don't know if we have... I've heard Regal in the States, but I, I don't yeah. re- recall hearing Cineworld in the States. Isn't yeah. this the company that was trying to buy Cineplex in Canada? Yeah. <clears throat> I wonder if that has anything to do with this, because they backed out because of fucking COVID, and Cineplex up here in Canada was going after them, going, oh, okay, you cut the deal last minute, you have to pay the penalty, you owe us fucking money. So I wonder if this had anything to do with it. Yeah, I don't know. But it's saying... So basically, they've amassed $4.8 billion in debt, and they're, I guess, having a real tough time paying that back. It's got 9,000 screens in 751 locations. Oof. And, like, a popular, like, take on reading this headline is that, like, this company is going away, but that's actually not how... From, like, a business standpoint, like, they'll restructure and, like still operate like these theaters not all of them are going away so mm-hmm. like it'll still be around in some form but i mean the unpopular one you know in a small town might you know go away or whatever but, but yeah it's i like part of it when i read this is like i think it's fascinating how and like i like me personally like movie theater viewing habits now like for me have completely changed after like COVID and the pandemic to the point that like, I, I wonder how, if that's happened to everyone too. Like, I wonder if that's the case. I mean, possibly. I mean, I I still will go to the theater and, and check out some films, but I'm definitely more so on the waiting for them to come out and watching from home. Yeah. But like, there are certain ones like I like Top Gun Maverick. Like, that was something I wanted to and felt I needed to experience in the theater. Same with um, Thor Love and Thunder. Sure, yeah. Went and saw that in the theater. Yeah. But then there's some other ones like... Uh, what's his... Oh, man, what's his name? Michael Peel? Jordan Peel. Oh, yeah. The, his his uh, Nope. Yep. Yeah, like, I want to see that, but I wasn't compelled enough to go to the theater and see it. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now is, like... It's kind of got to be like a big event movie, like a Top Gun or something like that for me to like go to the theater. Cause like, not only is it like gotten, it, well, it's mostly cause it's more expensive now. So it's like to go out and do it. Like it's, it's not a cheap thing, no, you know? And, and especially with like streaming now with a lot of movies, you know, Prey was day and date VOD in theaters, you know? So it's like, and with, release windows shortening for that stuff like i didn't see thor in the theater because i knew it would be on disney like 45 days later or whatever right you know and i think that comes out on streaming next week or something so oh yeah that's pretty quick so it's like yeah i'm i'm curious how theaters adapt like going forward because you got to think like it's not going to go back to what it was right no, but that's not, so yeah, like, they're definitely going to have to adapt and change. It's not to say that they won't exist anymore, but their model is going to have to change. Cause it used to be like, however much it costs to like get a, a movie in your place. And then you have to play it for so long and stuff. And like the bulk of the money was made, not so much off ticket sales, but like concession and stuff. You have these like 
big grandiose theaters that didn't really offer a whole lot, I guess. Like, like when I lived on the island there, it was extremely, I don't know, annoying to go to this theater downtown because it was further away and then I had to fucking find, like go park in one of the parkades and stuff and then walk a few blocks to get to it. But most of the time I did that anyway because it's one of the few theaters, at least that I've been to or had had the ability to frequent regularly, that had the big reclining leather chairs. Yeah. Yeah, well, where, like, you can order food and stuff? Uh, no, it didn't even do that. Like, the oh. lobby was incredibly small. You got your normal, like, popcorn chocolate kind of stuff. Like, they didn't have anything specialty, like frozen yogurt, or they didn't even do, like, the hot... It was a Cineplex, but they didn't do, like... You could get hot dogs, but you couldn't get, like, burgers or chicken fingers or fries or any of that shit. Yeah. Just plain Jane, but it was pretty busy, pretty routinely, and that's because it was a smaller like screen with a smaller room, but you got nice chairs and you got them to yourself and they reclined and they were comfortable. And like, that was a good movie going experience to me. Yeah. I like kind of hope they oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I kind of hope they do. Have you been to the one in, I think it's Edmonton where it's like you, it's those big seats and you can actually like order food and it's like kind of like a dinner and movie kind of thing. I've heard, but I haven't actually gone. Okay. It's actually like, it's it's really nice because like you you buy your seat and it's like those big reclining things and you have like a little like tray table on top of it and you can actually order like you know burger and fries and stuff like that and and it's mm. actually like I kind of want them to do more of that in the theaters because then it's like kind of a reason to go and you know you get this nice seat by yourself and you can you know order supper and have a few drinks while watching the movie. Yeah, they and definitely it's... need to push more experiences than just straight up film watching. Because I know, like, when the wife and I have, like, a date night, we'll go out for dinner, and then we'll go see a movie. And, like, that's yeah. fine and doodle dandy, but now we're at the point where it's like, yeah, we can go for dinner, but then we can come home, we have big, comfortable couches, we can wrap ourselves in blankets, we can dim the lights, no Yahoo's going to be yelling bullshit in the background, we can sit up or lay down, because we're in the comfort of our own home, we can pause mm -hmm. and whatnot at will, and make our own snacks, and it'll be substantially cheaper, and, like, when you're sitting three feet away from a 70 inch 4k television, like it's okay. It's not a theater. I get that, but it's not far off, especially when you factor in like your own home surround sound and da 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 da. Like you could replicate that experience fairly closely now from the comfort of your own home. Yep. Like I, during COVID I, I did that exact same thing where it was like, all right, I can't go to movies, but I still love watching them. So I invested in, like a big 4k tv and like a nice surround system with you know all the speakers and the subwoofer and it's like it's pretty close mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like the and i think a lot of people did that too because it was like you can't really do anything right so it's so yeah they need to like adapt i think into the experience part of it more because that's where you're going to be able to get people right it's like oh you know combine the dinner and the movie in one place because i mean that is pretty much you know those two things have gone hand in hand for years right so yeah or like venture off the beaten path and offer more like i used to love and granted like they're not the same but like when i was a kid getting dropped off at west ed oh yeah, yeah. back when they had palladium there 
Mm-hmm. That was the best because you go and you buy an unlimited card for 30 bucks. You play a bunch of games and then you go up the escalator and you watch a movie and then you come back yep. down, you get a bite to eat and you go play some more games like that. Like, and again, like these are two separate businesses. So I know it's not all like that, but like, I always wish that the movie theaters had like a palladium type thing in there. Like, don't just be like a movie theater where, okay, you come in, we have nine screens, you can go see a movie and then leave. We're going to overcharge you on confession. The ticket prices are constantly going up and the seats are uncomfortable. Open up a big building where you have like an arcade where people can go and play a bunch and tell it's time to watch the movie. Then go see the movie and then go back to playing and kind of have like have a restaurant or food in there too. Like a one stop, like you could take your kids and you could spend a whole day in there yeah, and then walk away. The longer yeah. you keep a customer in there, the more money they're going to be spending. Yeah. I think if they went that road, it would definitely be a way because then you're not just relying on, you know, your concession for money, mm-hmm. basically, you know, because they're not making much for ticket prices. Right. So, yeah, exactly. You could like diversify a little. Yeah. I hope that's what they do, but I mean, who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't know what, how difficult it is to open a movie theater. But like, no, it's not that hard. No? no, even if you don't have like the big super chain behind you, like a Cineplex. Well, it's just expensive. Yeah, because that's I would love nothing more than to find a nice, kind of like easily accessible area, get a big ass warehouse, and inside put a bunch of fucking arcade games and simulation games. Have a separate section of it dedicated for like high end VR where it hangs off the ceiling, and then have you know, four or five screens in there and then have like a full restaurant and another separate concession so that you could have the whole family come in there and everybody can do something. You can spend an yep. entire day in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. I don't know. But then I guess that comes down to is like, are these theater chains that are already hurting right now, are going to drop a shit ton of capital into expanding like that in the hopes that it works. No, this is going to be the disruptor where other people have to come up and bring these things forward because old people and the old boys clubs that are sitting in power there are going to be stuck in their ways and go, well, it's worked for the last 20 years. It'll work again. These are just tough times. We can get through it. And it's like, no, you kind of have to innovate and adapt. That's kind of how things work here. Just like when digital and music and MP3s upended the record industry and the CD industry. And then it was all about downloading and buying stuff off iTunes. And then you had Spotify come along and disrupt that industry where it's like, Hey, you don't even need to buy these songs anymore. Just pay us 10 bucks. Listen to whatever the hell you want. Like you have these major industry disruptors. And I think that's what needs to happen to movie theaters. And I think you're right that it's, it's probably like old school executives running all these theater chains. And it's like they either need to, some fresh people in there, you know, and it's like, you know, I look at Cineworld filing bankruptcy and it's like, that would be the perfect opportunity to do some of that restructuring. It's like, all right, we're going to, you know, close unprofitable locations and invest into the ones that, you know, are right. Like there's opportunity there, but I don't think they'll do it. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. Yeah. Crazy. The- what else do we got here? Oh, Umbrella Academy. It's coming back for another season. I was the final one. I was super, super nervous at the end of the third season. I'm like, fuck, we're at the third season, and we all know how Netflix likes to just kill things at three. Yeah. 
So I'm really happy that they're going to do another. Did you watch it yet? Yeah, I did go through it. Uh, although I will say it was probably the weakest season of the three. Really? Yeah. I that's, didn't... that's how you felt? Yeah, I like I it ended and I was kind of like, eh. you know, like I enjoyed it, but I was just, I don't know, it, like it didn't, it didn't hit me kind of like the other ones did. Like it was still good and I enjoyed it, but. And see, I found this one to be my favorite of all three seasons. Oh, okay. Sure. Like I had the exact opposite. I was a little kind of like, I wouldn't say miffed, but it's, you know, multiverse stuff is the big fucking thing these days. So it's kind of like, yeah. Eh, yeah, okay, whatever. But Robert Sheehan is one of my favorite actors. The guy who plays Klaus. Yeah, he's great. And he is phenomenal in that show. And his character is one of like the most interesting, funny characters to watch in the show. And I never felt like he got enough screen, screen time. It was always about Viola or Victor now, I guess. Yeah. So like to, to see his like uppance where his screen time and his story, like he became a way more vocal part of the story. Loved it. I got way yep. more Robert Sheehan and I would love more. Like I would love nothing more than for them to do like an umbrella spinoff. Just him. Sure. Yeah. Because I've, he's just so goddamn funny. Yeah, he is. He's super underrated. I did like that part of that season. Like I thought that was probably the best part of the season is like expanding his kind of arc and like giving him more story. Like that was really good. So yeah, agreed. And we need to take a second and talk about that very first episode. Oh, the dance off. Yeah. That, that was, was crazy. Yeah. I love that. It was, it was so well done. I've gone back and rewatched it a couple of times. Cause I just thought it was that fucking entertaining. Yeah, it was really good. It, like for whenever you do like a one-off musical, like it seems like every show does it, but it's like a real easy thing to fuck up, you know, but it's, if you pull it off right, it's super enjoyable and I love musicals. So like, give me all of that, but, but I yeah, hate was, musicals. Yeah. And so like for someone that hates musicals to like enjoy it, like that says something about the quality, right? Well, and to be fair, it wasn't really a musical because a musical would be like an episode where the actors are all singing and dancing and stuff. And that wasn't the case. But and this was just a dance off basically. Yeah. And I loved it so much because there was absolutely zero fucking indication that this was going to happen. Like it completely came out of left field. And then when it started happening, you're going, what the fuck is going on? Like they're in this like intense showdown. Why are they dancing? And you're just super confused. And you're like, this is so out of place. I don't understand what is happening here. And then like it ends and it's like, oh, okay, this guy was tripping balls because one of them like shot him with like dream acid or some fucking stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it was executed very well. The dance was incredibly entertaining to watch them all just break into the footloose dance. Yeah. And then the way it ended and just resumed the story. Like it was just, it was yeah. so well executed. It like the highlight of the season. I loved it so much. Yeah, me too. It's one of those things that just like this is why I love this show so much. Yeah. Yeah, that part was great. And I love how like they were just deadpan faced the whole time too, where it was just like <laughs> it was just all of it was super well done. Like there's no like smiling or laughing, they're just like dead serious while doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. So and I always give credit to shows where like they break away from the formula. Like I I honestly think part of the reason Game of Thrones was so successful was because you genuinely didn't know when people mm -hmm. were just going to get whacked. Yep. Main characters or not, it's like, yeah, do, it, 
anyone could die at any point. And not that this season of Umbrella Academy was like overtly that way, but like you watch the first couple episodes and then their version of uh Big Ape Man. Can't remember oh, his name now. Disher. Yeah, like his like the team leader of the sparrows or whatever. You're like, okay, he's the brooding force, he's the leader, he calls the shots. And it was like two or three episodes in and he, boop, he's dead. Yep. And I was like, perfect. I like that. I didn't think yep. he was going to die. I thought he was going to lead this whole, you know, fight. And then by the end of it, the vast majority of the sparrows, all of them, except for fucking Ben end up yep. getting killed. And I'm like, okay, cool. I like that. Like it's, we're not keeping yeah. people here to keep people here. Yeah. And that's, and like, I'll just lead this actually into better call. Saul cause that, that finished, unless you got more to say about umbrella Academy. Oh, give her. But, so Better Call Saul finished, and I can confidently say that that show is not just better than Breaking Bad, it's some of the best TV in the like past 10 years. That's a pretty bold claim. Yep. And it's, and it kind of touches upon like what you said of like not knowing if people are safe, and I think a big thing is like respecting the viewer of the show, if this makes any sense. Like it, it it doesn't need to beat around the bush and like hit you over the head to drive its point home. It knows that you saw all the other episodes, mm -hmm. right? And it, it, it plays on that. So, okay. but yeah, it's, um, better call Saul is just like the writing specifically, like how that show doesn't play on the fact that it's a breaking bad prequel, which yeah. I think says something like it just takes that foundation and builds upon it in a super smart way. Mm -hmm. And then it actually gives you closure to Breaking Bad because it shows you what happens after Breaking Bad ends. Like, that's how they close the show. Yeah. It's like it takes place after Walt is dead and all of that. Like and after it, El Camino as well? Yep. Okay. And it uh, it kind of closes out that universe in, like, a super satisfying way. And it also closes out the characters in a super satisfying way. And it also kind of, it does what Breaking Bad did, where it's like, it gives characters a fate worth, the, like, worse than death, if that makes sense, where it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you didn't die, but your life fucking sucks. Yeah. And it does that in, like, a really satisfying way, too, where you're just like, I feel bad about certain characters ending up that way, and I feel really good that that bad guy ended up that way, you know, so it's, it's good. I mean that's good. I yeah. I, I try like, again. Like I tried the first season and it was like hit or miss for me, and then I kind of gave up. And now I feel like it's such a massive time commitment that. Sure. And, it, and I will say too, like it is a slower burn than Breaking Bad, right? You know, because Breaking Bad was largely the story of drug dealing, right? And Breaking you Bad know, was a slow burn for several seasons. Yeah, and so Better Call Saul is like a bit more of a slower burn because it's it's still about you know in the later later seasons it's about how he gets into the drug cartels and stuff but like in the earlier seasons it's very much about you know him as a character and it's like a really it's a legal drama you know mm -hmm. for the first couple of seasons right yeah you know, with some Better Call Saul shenanigans mixed in. And then the later seasons is, you know, when he's in the cartel and that's when, okay, that person got shot in the head, you know, right? So it's, but yeah, it's, the show's like a 10 out of 10. It's it, like I, I, it ended and I was like, that was perfect. I wouldn't have changed anything. So and that's, that's pretty rare for 
for a show when it ends. Yeah, like it, it, it had that feeling of like when it ended, I just kind of like stared at the credits and was like, huh, well that ended and I wouldn't have added anything to it or taken anything away. I was just like, that that was everything I wanted and I kind of, like I'm sad that the show is gone now because it was so good, right? Mm-hmm. But it also didn't overstay its welcome, right? Like it knew when it needed to end and it did it in a super good way. So it's, so yeah, it's just the writing of that show is top notch so. all right then yeah. oh, better call Saul that's good then I don't suppose you watched Lock and Key eh I did not know because it wrapped up in my opinion good for the story but like how you were saying that doesn't like with better call Saul it doesn't that show didn't like insult the audience mm-hmm. and like I don't recall this in the first two seasons of Lock and Key but in this third season it was incredibly fucking insulting to the point where it like more than irritated me a couple of times where like something's going on. And as a viewer, you're like, okay, I see what's happening. And then the character will be like, Hey, maybe if we do this, this will happen. And you're like, yeah, we're, we're our thinking that. And then they do it yep. and it happens. And then they go, Oh, okay. So when we do do this, this does happen. And you're like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Like, are you just trying to fill words on the page? Is that what this is? Yep. Cause it, yeah. And it made me, it kind of took away from the third season for me. I was like, God damn it. Why are you guys doing this? Yeah. Then I also yeah, have every... to try and remember that I'm pretty sure that show is more so geared to a uh, childlike audience. And I just, <laughs> you just really like those type of stories. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to watch. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. And that's, I think respecting like the audience and like not treating them as dumb is I think a good thing that, Two, like two little shows do mm-hmm. so, so yeah well speaking of endings so you weren't yeah. a fan of how the season of for all mankind wrapped up no i actually think the last like because it's 10 episodes yeah like the last five like i straight up didn't like most of those stories at all and i think i know why for a show that was all about space exploration and being on Mars, they sure shit spent a lot of time on Earth. And I didn't like any of those storylines on Earth, and I thought they were completely fucking irrelevant to what I wanted out of that show. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I do get that. I didn't hate it as much. There were definitely some parts that I didn't care for. Like little Jimmy or whatever the fuck the son's name was his whole little like hooking up with these extremists and stuff. I thought they were just like, and it was crazy that the one guy's like, I was on the moon and this is all a lie. And it's like, how are you on the moon? And like, didn't see all this take place. Like, yeah, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But I guess if you're like a crazy denier of some kind, you bury your head in the sand. But like, I didn't, I didn't know what direction they were going to go with those extremists trying to get, Jimmy on their side? I keep right. saying Jimmy, but I honestly can't remember if that's the actual character's name. Uh, to be I honest, I is. can't remember either. <laughs> anyway, I wasn't sure how that plot and stuff was going to unfold, but having it be that they were basically planning on suicide bombing themselves, that I didn't like. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that at all either. Like that whole storyline, like from start to finish, I did not like, I did not like, and I don't think it needed to be in the show. No, I don't think so either. 
because the result is like and this is why i like i specifically wasn't satisfied with the finale is like what made the you know season one and two's finale like so great is it's like this spectacle of like oh we got to get this person off mars or, or whatever or like when the two people die you know covered in duct tape like it's this like grand space epic thing and it's like you only got part of that when they shot uh pregnant chick up you know and then it's the bomb on earth and i was like what the fuck like take me back to you know mars and then the whole like there's been someone on mars way before you i thought was super weak because there's basically no build-up to it and like as i'm watching the show i'm like really there's no way that all of these space organizations just fucking missed that someone went for them like no fuck that Okay. Fuck that. Well, to be fair, they kind of address it because early on in the season, they talk about how uh, Korea is launching a satellite to go to Mars. But they, they said it was an unmanned satellite. And then you don't hear anything about it. And then when he pops up, it's like, oh, it turns out it was a manned, like a manned thing. It wasn't unmanned. But Korea obviously yeah. wasn't going to say anything in case it fucking failed. They don't want to be like, oh, we tried to send someone to Mars and we killed them. So, like, that's unfortunate. Like, yeah. That explains that. But that being said, I, I'm still with you where, like, it didn't really serve any purpose to anything at all. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's a Korean up there. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. And it's... And yeah. All, and, like, the only purpose it served to the story at all is when they exile fucking young kid there and they make him go sit in the korean ship yeah and and that brings me to that whole storyline like everything involving that young kid and the conflict with joel kinnaman i thought was fucking awful too like anytime like when he keeps going through his messages and like and they basically don't even resolve that either no and like because i when that storyline first came up i was like okay in my mind i was like that's going to resolve and like Joel Kinnerman will forgive him or something and like sacrifice him to get him off Mars or something like, like I thought there would be something to that, but like at the end, they just fucking banish him into this Korean place. Like that doesn't make sense either. Like, uh. no. And I, and I'm torn. Like I didn't like the storyline either. I understand it to an extent. Cause it kind of really reflects on Joel Kinnerman's character where he's sure. like, yeah, I could beat the shit out of this kid. I could kill this kid, but like, I'm going to make him go basically take a time out in the corner and he's just going to sit there and stew on what yeah. he did. But it really irritated me that like the whole time, cause like you could, when he's going through the messages and stuff, you can tell it's because that he's like still secretly in love with Karen, which I yeah. kind of get. Cause he was still pretty much essentially a kid when he hooked up with her. Like I can understand like that dynamic yeah. and falling in love with her and, like, oh, well, I totally. can't have her, so I'll marry this other girl and father a child, but he still kind of holds that, like, deep-seated love for her and blah, 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 blah. But I was genuinely, I felt a little cheated that he never admitted it. Yeah. It was like he was yeah. going to admit it, and then the one time he was like, oh, I got to tell you something, I got to tell you something. And I was like, oh, okay, he's finally going to tell Ed that he banged his wife, that he's the reason that she cheated on him. And it's instead, the biggest fucking plot armor ever. Yeah, and know, instead work. it's like, oh, okay, yeah, the drill was my fault, my bad. And it's like, that that's the one that you're going with? Like, No, yeah. And like, watching that last episode, right before it ended, I got really mad because you just get to a point where it's like, okay, pretty sure Joel Kinnaman's dead, Karen's dead, 
and that uh, head and acid chick is dead. And I was like, you just killed off like three main characters in one finale and there's no supporting characters that I give a fuck enough to keep watching the show. So I was kind of mad about it. And then the episode finished and it's like, okay, no, Margo's actually still alive in Russia. Joel Kinnaman survived, yeah. except Karen. Karen actually died. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, and Karen, I personally was liking her storyline where she was starting yeah. to become like the CEO and stuff. So like out of all three that could have died, like kill off Margo because she's like a dirty Russian traitor. I actually, I actually wish they would have killed off Joel Kinnaman and I wanted them to do more with the Margo storyline because I think the storyline with her and the Russian guy is super well done, but they basically did nothing with it. No, like I wanted more of that. What do you do now? Now she's just hiding out in fucking Russia. Yeah. Like, so it's like, uh, yeah. So now she's just going to be forced to help them do fucking mm, like moon, Mars space stuff. It's like, I don't like at this point, I don't care what she does in Russia. Like I, I'm not sure how they're going to captivate me in the next season where I give a fuck about her character and what she's doing and how she's become a traitor in Russia. Like, I just don't care. Like, and I'm sure they're trying to play it off where it's like, okay, we want people to be excited because she's going to be there and she's going to be trying to double agent, like trying to figure out how to get back to the U S and it's like, I don't care. You should have just killed her. I don't care. At this point, like coming out of that finale, there was absolutely zero storylines that I want to see. So it's like, I, I like I went to loving that show to like now it's like I'll give the first few episodes of season four a shot but like if it's more of this I'm out yeah I don't I don't know what they're gonna do and it's unfortunate because this is the first time I think we're actually seeing because we've we've both often said for a while now that Apple throws quality not quantity and this is the first yep. time I think I've from the ones that I've watched where I'm watching these high quality Apple shows start to deteriorate yeah and it's especially like crazy because it's like both of us clouded like the first two seasons it was like this is some of the best tv out mm -hmm. <laughs> and like the first part of season three was like them going to mars and like that was really well done but it was like episode five and after where i was just like man i don't give a fuck about any of this like uh, i don't know what they're gonna do with that season four i don't know either and that's the thing as I, I like ed baldwin's character yeah but i mean it seems like it's just a pattern where he goes to sacrifice himself for the greater good because he's such a noble true-hearted american i'm here for my country and my men kind of thing and he always ends up yeah. coming out on the other side surviving and it's like that cool i get that but like you played that I card too many times yeah like how many times you can't keep doing that and again like i love joel kinnerman and i love yeah. his character and i i yeah. would like to see more but at the same time it's like every season is that just it's all gonna build up to a moment where we think his character may or may not die and then he ends up walking away like it's, it's yeah. kind of just old news now it's like okay we'll fucking kill him or don't make it so dramatic yeah and i like i was kind of hoping they would kill him this season because it would have been like a great story arc is like him like sacrificing himself to get his like pregnant daughter and grandchild off Mars. That would have been a super satisfying ending for mm -hmm. that character, you know, but then they just keep layering the fucking plot armor onto him. And it's like, Oh, but guess what? He's still alive. Right. Yeah. So. Well, and it's the other thing too, is like, well, what do you do with him now? Cause we got to see the season where he kind of stopped being a pilot and was in the office just cause he was getting older and it wasn't that exciting. No. Like even more so now, like, 
you there's you watch him in the throughout the season poke himself in the ass with steroids and stuff because like yeah. he's getting super old like he can't keep doing this so like no. at what point do you just give up yeah, and that's why I like coming into this season I was like sure he was gonna die because I was like th- like there's no way they can just keep and because they do time jumps in between each season mm-hmm. right so it's like are they gonna time jump again and like he's fucking like I don't know if they say his age but he's like gotta be late 50s 60s like what they're portraying and portraying them as oh, so yeah. if they do another like five or ten year time jump you know it's like there's no way someone in her fucking late 60s is going to space and back right well he, but, he probably will he's ed yeah. baldwin yeah so it was yeah yeah it was it just i like i still enjoyed the season but there were lots and lots and lots of stuff that happened throughout where i was like this isn't this just feels lazy and uninspiring yep like i i really liked the first like four or five episodes but after that i was just like man i i'm not liking where any of these stories are going and then it ended and i was like well those were a lot of choices and i don't think any of them were good yeah but one standout scene though sorry go ahead oh sure no that's all right there's one standout scene that I quite enjoyed and it's just such a small and subtle scene and I don't know why I enjoyed it so much but when Karen tells Dev that she's basically gonna the board's approached her to take over as CEO and then Dev kind of rallies everyone and he's like we're going back to the old ways and we're gonna start a new company and we're gonna do all this and do all that and like everyone's like yeah Dev you're our hero we want you to and then Karen from the balcony is just like okay how are you gonna pay all of them and, yep. then, and then everyone's like, yeah, what are we getting paid? And he's like, well, it's it's going to be hard at first. And then the, <laughs> the one person's just like, yeah, easy for you to say. You're a fucking billionaire. Like, I yep. got bills to pay. Yeah. I don't know what it was about that scene, but I was like, fucking right. Because I think yeah. some of these billionaires live in that la-la land where they, like, take totally. their followers and go, we're going to change the world. I need you to do it for free. I'm not giving up any of my comforts. I'm still going to live like a king, but I need you guys to trench through the fucking mud for me so that we can make this vision happen. And I love yeah. how they were all just kind of like, fuck that. Nope. You're on yeah. your own dev. Yeah. I I did like that scene, like where she was just like, yeah, what are you going to pay them? And everyone's like, Oh yeah, hold on. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> we have stock options here and we have like retirement accounts and we get paid r- really well. And he's like, well, there'll be a reduction. And everyone's like, nah, fuck that man. Yeah, exactly. Like, easy for a billionaire to say, but like I got a family and kids. Yeah. yeah. That was actually a, you know a really nice part and like i will say like as much as i'm shitting on like the writing like the production quality is still there like it still looks like like it looks amazing like uh mm-hmm. i don't know if it was the last episode or one of the last episodes like when that sandstorm is covering everything like those shots of like them all around like in the dust and like like that looked amazing <laughs> you know so it's like the show is like apple has production quality oh so. for sure but that wasn't the problem with this season, but, but yeah. Well, so if we're talking about shows that are going downhill, that's why I want to talk about American horror stories. Okay. And like, I'm, I haven't watched the most recent one and you said you haven't watched the most recent two. So like, we won't go that far, but that first episode dollhouse. Yeah. I thought it was really, really good. And then how they link it back to the witch Academy and the coven. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, fucking right. So I wonder if each story is going to have this like subtle link to the main 
American Horror Story universe, and I was like all on board. And then the second episode, I was like, okay, not quite as good, but pretty decent. And then literally yep. every episode I've watched has just gone downhill and downhill and downhill and downhill, downhill. Yep. Yeah, I I liked the first two. There was parts of the third one I liked, but and then episode four, uh, Milkmaids. I actually don't even remember that episode. <laughs> it was terrible. But like, I I think American Horror Stories as a whole is just going downhill because like the last mainstream season wasn't that good. You know, I know I don't think they've put out a really solid main season since 84 to be honest yeah i, I was actually you kind of read my mind there because i was just thinking i was like well what was the last like american horror story season that i loved and it was yeah the camp one and after that it's just kind of like eh. and then american horror stories was like okay maybe like these individual kind of canonical stories would be cool because they can do their own thing you know and then that first season was basically all about the fucking house so they didn't even do that mm -hmm. you know and this season like I had hopes because I was like looking at the episodes because I waited till there were a bunch were out and I was like, oh, these look individually different and they're not going to just be the house that that first season was, which that first season fucking sucked on the whole, I thought. And then, yeah. It's disappointing because like, and maybe it's a result of like this show's, like American Horror Stories has been around so long. Like that they're just... You can only do so many 1884s before you run out of material, I guess. Yeah, like, for sure. I case? feel like there's still a ton of different horror genres that they... not a, Maybe not a ton, but I still feel like there's a fair amount of different horror, horror like genres and stories that they could pull inspiration from or like spoof in a manner of speaking. Sure. That they haven't. But like, they just... They haven't been. And like again, like I like I I really really liked that first episode of this season. I was like, yes, yeah. this is gonna be awesome. And then yeah. I was like, okay, hey, well, don't get too excited because this is how I felt with the first season of of stories. I was like, oh, I yep. liked the first couple, and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And that's kind of yeah. exactly what happened. Like, oh, ghosts that come to you through your fucking video doorbell. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm like, fuck. Okay, yeah. maybe yeah. this is just a one off bad one. And then, yeah, the whole, like, drink the milk of the smallpox or whatever the fuck disease. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is just stupid as well. Yeah. And then the one after that, Bloody Mary, was pretty fucking mediocre. And then I haven't watched whatever the latest one is, but I don't have high hopes. It says the title is Facelift, so it's mm -hmm. like, okay. Oh, so you're three behind then, because there's the car one. Oh, the car one is episode three. I did watch that one. Okay, yeah. And that one, again, I was like, oh, this is kind of mediocre. Yeah, I didn't mind that one, but, like, on the whole, I was like, eh. So it's, yeah, I'm... Have well, they said if the main American Horror Stories, like, is that coming back for another season? It's supposed to be. So, yeah, I'm... Maybe he's just too busy with all of his side projects. He just doesn't want to put the time or effort into the main story anymore. Maybe, but... But I also feel like there's so much to that's like unresolved. Like after all the apocalypse and the devil and all that other stuff, and then you get the parents at the end where the devil's basically like reborn as a new baby, and it's like, okay, cool. So what happened with that? 
Yeah. Yeah, like there's so many Yeah, they got a lot of plot threads that they got like that they've like kind of weaved into each other that they did a really fucking weird thing because like that show originally was built as like each season is its own thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then they started to weave them together in like a not like in a way that kind of made everything connected to the point where now they can't just do one-offs. Mm-hmm. They got to tie it all back. And the result of that is like they've tied themselves together to a point where that there's so many fucking threads coming out of the show that like I honestly don't know that they're going to resolve them all. Yeah, they kind of tied themselves into a knot here. Yeah. And it's like and honestly looking at like the last like was 1884 how many seasons was after that was there like two after that or something i think there was like two or three after that you know but looking at those seasons and then like these american horror stories like i'm at the point where like just just stop (laughs) like if you're just if you're just gonna give a shit like american horror stories and like those last few hs like seasons like i don't know that i even want that so, I mean, IMDb saying that it's got three more seasons in the works. What? It's got seasons 11, 12, and 13 listed. So is 12 the next one? 11's the next one. Because 10 just... was the last season, which was split between vampire bullshit and the alien Roswell stuff. Oh, yeah. Season... Oh, season 9 was... Was 84. There's only been one shit season since 84. Which was the last one, right? Yeah. Okay, so I mean, maybe I shouldn't be too harsh if 84 was only like a season prior. Okay, yeah. For some so reason, I can... felt that there was like two or three since 84, but that's, that's what I thought too. It's not the case. There's been one season since 84. Okay, so yeah, okay, that makes me feel a little bit too, because yeah, I was totally thinking there was like two or three after that mm-hmm. that was like, maybe we're thinking of American Horror Stories because both those seasons came out after, so... But yeah, I'm. I guess now I'm a little bit more curious what they're gonna do with the mainline. But I'm at the point with American Horror Stories that like, I don't know that I'm gonna watch the rest of them. I'm going to because I've already committed, so I have to finish them. But maybe they I mean, can I'll... turn it around. It seems like they're just like. Their inspiration is oh, instead of having to come up with a season-long arc and all that other stuff, we'll just go after urban legends and put a twist on them. Which, like, I think there's a way to do that, and I think there's a way to do it right, but, like... They haven't the way, Like, the, the people that are doing it right now are not competent enough to do it, right? Like, it's... There is a way you can do that stuff and make it work, but <laughs> what they're doing right now is not working. No, I agree. Maybe they need to call up the people of Riverdale and get some writing tips. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I would like a Riverdale American Horror Stories mashup would probably be a lot more interesting than some of these American Horror Story episodes. So, like, that at least would pique my curiosity. Yeah, I'd be curious. 
And all those that are Riverdale's only doing one more season, so I mean Thank God. I know. I can't wait to be done watching this show. I hate the fact that I still watch it. I fucking hate it so much. I love the fact that you're still watching it because I get to know all the garbage shit that is happening through like drip feed knowledge from you just being fucking visibly upset every time you talk about it. And it's amazing. We've just kind of forgotten that we have one episode left, I think, to finish this like past season. Okay. And we just keep forgetting to watch it because it's been out for like a, like a month or so at this point. And are you just secretly hoping that she just forgets about it completely? Uh, No, it'll come up at some point. We'll watch it. But I already like th- through the interwebs and stuff because, I mean, if you go on Reddit, there's a large community of people that are going, what the fuck is going on with this show? Like, who's running this this terrible ship? Like, this is awful. Right. So I I happen to, like, pseudo kind of know how the season ends. And, like, the main point, because I've already told you they all have fucking superpowers. That's right, yep. Is basically the bad guy somehow summons or does some kind of magic where a comet starts heading towards the earth where it's <laughs> going to destroy the whole earth and Archie and all of them basically somehow figure out a way to give their superpowers to Cheryl Cheryl's superpowers. Okay. She's able to like start fires. So all of the other kids give their superpowers to Cheryl. So Cheryl is like some super, super powered super being and she okay. destroys the comet before it hits the earth. That's apparently how this the season wraps up. Okay. That's yeah. can't can can't officially confirm like I said I I haven't actually watched the season finale yet, but that's kind of the gist of what I've read online. How bad is the comet CGI going to be? It's got to be awful. It's going to be fucking terrible. I mean, uh, we've it, we've seen the uh type of CGI that uh the CW has and it's terrible. Yeah, all I can think about is that Jade Tiger from fucking Oh, the first season of Titans? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Fucking Riverdale. I'm cu- I'm actually really curious for you to be done with that sh- series cuz I really want to know how they end that show. Like did they just kill everyone? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, if it's it's if it's this batshit crazy and fucking terrible, you might as well just have like yeah some sort of like story long arc where they're all fighting i don't know good evil whatever i don't care pick any fucking arc that you want it doesn't really matter and then in the very last ep- episode have them celebrate that they finally saved the town and everything's working out so everyone in the town gathers to celebrate and they're all having drinks and it turns <laughs> out that just someone snuck into the town poisoned it and then like everyone like Jonestown cult suicide like everyone just dies they drink the Kool-Aid not knowing it's poison and then the whole town is dead and like that's the end that's how that's how the whole season should end everyone just dies from drinking poison Kool-Aid I bet they'll make it the most least satisfying ending ever oh probably Archie will wake up from a coma and it turns out that just the whole show was a dream (laughs) that wouldn't surprise me I wouldn't put it past fucking that head writer fucker They'll do some bullshit like that or something, but oh, yeah. fuck. Okay, so you have you finished the bear, or did you said you have the one episode season left? Season finale, I did not oh, get okay. a chance to watch last night. Okay, but everything up until then, I have absolutely loved for the most part. Yeah, that show is great. It's I I fucking love that show. It was so good. 
Yeah, real sleeper, honestly. Like, I mean, like, I've seen it, I've heard about it, I've heard other people talk about it being interesting and stuff. I remember watching a preview once, and I was like, yeah, that looks mediocre. But, like, having actually watched it, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I like this. I like this a lot. This is actually really, really good. Yeah, like, it, it hits on all the areas that you want it to, where it's like, there's some really good humor, you know, there's also some super serious, like, good writing that way like it, it blends all of that really really well so it's yeah and it's like i find it interesting because i've never heard of the dude who does the show but like when you hit the credits like the first four cards in the credits are written by created by directed by and it's not like an ensemble or like one of those oh, shows where yeah it's one guy writes every episode he directs every episode. He created the show. Like it's like four title cards and it's all one dude. That's probably why it's like so good. Cause that's also the same, uh, better call. Saul is basically the same. Like it's written and like largely overseen by one guy. And I think that's why you get a lot of that really cohesive stuff. Okay. But now you have me, uh, curious what this guy is and if he's done anything else. Christopher Storner, is that we? Yes. Now he hasn't really done that much else. No. Huh. That seems like his, like kind of like this is breakout. his like breakout for sure. I mean, to fucking break out with this, uh, fucking good on him. Because, yeah, it totally flew under the radar. Like, I wasn't hearing anyone talk about it until, like, every week I'll go on Rotten Tomatoes and just see, like, what new is out just to see. And I remember seeing it, and it had, like, insane critic and audience, like, ratings, and I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, he really crushing it. And like, it's good. I, like and it's... I never watched uh, Shameless, and I I, I won't now because that's yeah. like that's a, that's as big of a fucking commit now as Lost is. Yeah, I watched a lot of the earlier seasons of Shameless, but but yeah, yeah. I I really like that main guy. He's well, he's really good. Yeah. Well, everyone tells me like, oh, it's Lip from Shameless, and I was like, yeah, sure, that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like you recognize him, but yeah. Yeah, I recognize his face. Like, I know he's on Shameless, but, like, I didn't know his character in the show was Lip. I have no idea how he was in Shameless, but he absolutely crushes it in this role. Yeah. It's like, have you ever, like, gone and seen, like, I don't know, like, the Fast and Furious movies, like, in the early days? Like, see them in theaters, and then you walk out of the theater, and all you want to do is get in your car and start driving fast and, yep, and totally. like, whipping around corners? I fucking absolutely hate cooking, but I watch the show, and I'm like... Kind of want to like, cook. yeah. I kind of want to get like a big piece of meat and salt it and <laughs> braise. Like I kind of want to like. It's actually making me. Like, yeah. Never gonna tell the wife this because she hates cooking and I don't want her to think that I'm <laughs> gonna start cooking all the time. But like, it actually has me curious. Yeah. I want to see more Joel McHale though. Yeah. Like I hope like if this gets picked up or did get picked up for a second season that they do. Uh, That they have more Joel McHale in there. Cause like that one scene where he's having his meltdown and he's trying to build the dish and Joel McHale's like sitting next to him and he's like, you are a piece of shit. Tell me you're a piece of shit. I'm a piece yep. of shit. I'm a piece of shit chef. I'm a piece of shit yep. chef. And it's like, 
I like, yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. It's just like, oh, Joel, yeah, fucking A. Yep. That, I really like how they... Uh, see, on one hand, like, I'm with you where I want to see more of them, but on the other hand, I'm like, we saw just enough to give that, like, to give the main character, like, his backstory, and it's like, I don't know that I want more. Yeah, okay, I, don't know. I should clarify, like, I don't want Joel McHale to come in as, like, a season regular, but I oh, want more... Sure, sure. I, and I don't even necessarily need him to come in as like a present day character. I would like to see more flashbacks of his time in New York oh, yeah, as yeah. a top sure. chef that Joel McHale's in. Sure, sure. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I really hope they do a season two because like, I don't know, it was, the episodes are short because they're like, what, 20, 25 minutes or something like that? Yeah. There's only like eight or something like that. So it's like... It almost felt like there wasn't enough, but at the same time, each episode, like, they did exactly what they needed to, and they didn't pad anything, right? So. But I love, fuck, some of the humor in that show was, was fucking hilarious. Like, when they're fucking cooking for that kid's birthday party, and they accidentally dump all the Adderall into that fucking juice. <laughs> that whole fucking episode was, like, great. Mm-hmm. And I love how the dad at that party too is like he's looking at all the kids sleeping and the, the dad of the party clearly doesn't want to be there and he's like, you know what? This is actually all right. Yeah, I'm okay with this. <laughs> and then he just like goes and makes a drink and like walks off. It's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, quite a quite a big fan. Yeah. And yeah, it kinda of came out of nowhere. Like I I hope people are watching it so that it gets like the viewership that it should. Yeah, yeah. Like Hulu's definitely kind of like secretly starting to come out of there with some top tier stuff. Yeah, totally. Although it's FX, like, is it FX on Hulu or is it a Hulu made show that also happens to be on FX? I don't know. Whichever yeah, way it either. goes, but yeah, that's weird. Because yeah, and FX is still one of the like I guess cult premier cable channels, right? Mm -hmm. So hmm, weird. Speaking of Joel McHale, do you see the recent news that Dan Harmon has said, like, there's a script, there's a story, it's pitched, and it's, at this point, it's not a if, it's a when we get a community movie? Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, hell yeah. Fucking right, it took so long, but it's about goddamn time. I feel like that script reading during COVID had a lot to do with it. Oh, I like, think so. All, all of them getting together, because I know there was, wasn't... Was it Donald Glover that was like I like he had no intentions of coming back, and then uh, he like him and him and Yvette Nicole Brown were both kind of yeah. like yeah we've moved on, and then I think like them getting together and like having that good time with the script reading probably was like oh, I got one more in me. I so. would hope to God that after having Pedro Pascal play oh, fuck yeah. Walter Goggins' part in the script reading, that he would get some kind of cameo or part in the I, movie. I sure fucking hope so, because, like, him reading and, like, not being able to hold it together was <laughs> some of the most funniest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life, because it's, like, it's the same fucking joke, and he's got it, and he, every time it gets him, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, every once in a while, I actually go back and, like, rewatch specifically just that uh, scene, because it's just so fucking hilarious. Yeah, I agree. 
Which, uh, speaking of him, did you see that little Last of Us teaser that's been out? Where they actually show a couple of scenes? I have it's not. not long. I have not watched it yet. Uh, his fucking... Him is Joel in the fucking, like, three seconds we see of him. And the line he makes is fucking on par. And I am so fucking excited to see that man play that character. Well, I'm definitely going to have to watch that when we're done here. Because I have not seen that yet. It's very short. It, it's, it, it was in a seconds. snippet. Yeah, and it's like... Yeah, it's very short, but it's... He says a line from the first game, and people I saw online, like, put it, like, frame by frame with the scene from the game and it's like kind of crazy how he's gotten his voice to be like very similar <laughs> really yeah and it's like his delivery of it was like really good and i just that one snippet i was just like okay this was like two seconds of the show but it just got me more excited so i should probably temper my expectations but i'm really excited for that show yeah i hope it turns out phenomenally yeah Okay, I just saw you added Terminalist and Outer Range. Yeah, I, I just, thought we talked about both of those. We we kind of did, like, in the past. I'm just bringing them up because as I was going through and clearing my log over the last week of, like, what I've watched and, like, what episodes I still need to finish. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Both of those shows, I'm, like, hovering around, like, episode six, and I have been for months. Like, I haven't finished <laughs> either of them. They, I just completely feigned all interest which is crazy because like when I started watching both of them, I was like, oh, I'm into this. I like this. And then it progressively just started losing my interest and then done. And yeah. and that happened with both. And like, I, I don't know. I would, I watched the first episode of Terminalist and then I think it was last time we recorded you kind of went on and how far you got into it and basically said, don't watch it. So I probably won't finish that one unless I get real bored. Um, the Outer Range, I actually don't... I finished it, but I actually don't remember how it ends. Which, I had the same thing. I had to, like, force myself to watch the latter half of that show. Because I thought the first half was really cool. Yeah. Because it was fucking... Uh, what's his name? Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Josh Brolin? Yeah. And it's, like, a Western, and I'm like, I like both these things. And they were like, and some weird space stuff. I was like, cool. And then it just kind of did some stuff that I wasn't into and I kind of had to like force myself to finish it so yeah well that's the, like that's like I didn't really want to talk much about it but I was just thinking yeah. about it because as it's going through my list it's like fuck I still have, I still have five episodes of Outer Range to go and like three or four of the terminal list and it's been like that for like oh, well over a month at this point and when I'm sitting at home and I'm like okay I have time to sit down and watch something. I'll like open up my queue of like, what are the next episodes to watch? And the last couple, couple times I've like opened it up. It's like, okay, the only episodes that are still like up there in my queue to finish, to get up to date on shows is terminal list, outer range and the, uh, Taika Watiti's pirate show. Oh, sure. Yeah. And like every, and I'll look at them and I'll see all three and I'll be like, Eh, I'll just see what's on YouTube right now. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) oh man, how did something start off so good? Like all three of them had such great starts and then just so quickly for me just fizzled out and I don't care about them anymore. Yeah, I'm at the point now where like there's so much out there that like I'm at the point where halfway through a season I'm not digging it, I'm just going to stop. Like I, 
I don't have the urge in me to be like, I need to finish this because I watched the first few. I'm just like, if I'm not liking this, peace. I'm out. <laughs> and I might have to start adopting that because like, I used to be, uh, my OCD was like, if you start something, you have to follow it through and see how it ends. But yeah, like there's just so much television and so much like film out there now where I'm like, yep. I don't know if I can keep doing this. Yeah, like if, if I'm in the middle of something and I'm not digging it, I'm just fucking I'm straight up out. Like I've gotten to that point now where I'm just like, oh, I don't need to finish that. I, I saw what I did and that that doesn't hit with me. Mm-hmm. So it's... Which, talking uh, uh, when we were talking about the bear shows that kind of came out of nowhere. So I checked out... So there's a Harley Quinn animated show. And it's quietly like the best stuff DC has done in the past five years. Cause it's this super like R rated fucking cartoon that is fucking hilarious. And it kind of came out of nowhere. And like, I threw it on just cause I was like doing stuff around the house and I was like, sure, I'll throw this on or whatever. And I actually like, was like, I need to watch more of this cause it's, it's fucking hilarious and R rated. And it's, it was a really good time. Like, I know you're not, into a lot of the animated stuff i don't think so but yeah typically not i mean i really did like invincible yeah but it's uh what got me in, in the first episode is uh there's like this b-tier wonder woman villain uh that get, gets canceled from like lex luther's uh like dark justice league because he keeps calling wonder woman a cunt and so like the whole episode is going on and they're like fighting in the street a bunch and Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are trying to make like their own like thug villain team and this B tier villain gets cancelled just because he keeps calling Wonder Woman a cunt on live action and everyone's like whoa, whoa 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 like you don't like that's too far and so like they end up adopting him into like their group but it's yeah it was like really funny where I was like okay that's the tone of this show and it's actually like pretty good really yeah so it's like it's definitely worth checking out, and I think it's on its third season right now. So, and it's and it's just called Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm from HBO Max. Yeah. Which I'm sure it'll get canceled at some point now because they're fucking gutting that whole fucking service, basically. Interesting. Well, I'll add it to check it out because, like, I'm not opposed to animation, but like, it depends on what. Like, I really liked Invincible because I liked how like violent and bloody and foul languaged it was like it wasn't a cartoon it was an adult cartoon yeah so if this is, is if this is in the same uh line of that yeah then i'm intrigued yeah and it's like they play on like <laughs> uh commissioner gordon and batman like they they have those characters come in and like do some like really hilarious quips and stuff like that and it's yeah it's pretty good it's uh like I watched the first few episodes and it's like okay this is actually like not just background anymore like I actually want to want to watch this and put my time into it but it was yeah just like out of nowhere I checked it out and was like this is really good hmm. so yeah okay well I will have a boo yeah so gray man rehearsal. oh gray man oh okay. yeah <laughs> we'll get into the rehearsal after that well I finally so I finally watched it and I was yeah. absolutely taken aback at how good I thought that movie was. The Gr- Gray Man? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's fucking it's a really good time. It was fantastic. It was like yep. Bond meets fucking Born Ultimatum, like rolled into one. And I for a Netflix movie, I was like, yeah, this could be meh. Like I thought it was gonna be similar to Chris Hemsworth's Military Man movie that he had on Netflix a couple years ago, whatever that one was called. Oh, Extraction, which yeah, I actually which, really like Extraction. Yeah, like it wasn't but, terrible, but to me it was just like a generic like action movie, kind of yeah. like the Fast and the Furious where it's like, you know what's going to happen, it's pretty predictable, and it is what it is. But Gray Man, like that one got me hooked. It got me hooked early on, and like I enjoyed every fucking second of it. And Chris Evans as like a psychotic prick villain he was, was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah, he he fucking knocked that out of the park. I was expecting going into that movie. I was like, okay, uh, Ryan Gosling. I've you've seen him in action. He'll be great. And the, but I was like, oh, Chris Evans is a bad guy. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. Can he do it? And it's like by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, he was fucking great. Like, yeah, yeah. I was genuinely crushed when he ended up getting killed at the end because there was a part of me that's like. I want them to do another one that's just Chris Evans. Sure. Yeah, I, c- I could be down with that. Like, I mean, they could they could do like a prequel. A prequel, I suppose, yeah. Like, I loved him as a villain. I would love to see nothing more than a whole movie of him being just his straight-up, psychotic, unfiltered, badass of a self. Like, that was fantastic. Yeah. That was yeah. a highlight of the movie to me was his character. I was like, God, I can't get enough of him. He's just so funny. Yeah, and the chemistry between the two of them was mm-hmm. also really good, which I think is a, a big reason why that movie is so good. Is like the two leads have a really good chemistry and yeah. play off each other. So, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. I've yeah, with or without Chris Evans, like I really hope they do another one with uh, Ryan Gosling because that was just amazing. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure as uh, unsurprising as it is to anyone, Anna de Armas crushing it again just like she crushed it in bond it's just like what a phenomenal job she does as like a super spy character yeah ever since like anna de arms like started doing movies like i don't think i've ever seen her in anything that i didn't like so and what was it the uh the house of knives movie she was in that one too Mm -hmm. you know and she was great in that you know yeah incredibly underrated yeah because I remember, especially in Bond, I remember being like, that's all we're getting of her? Like, I wanted more. Yeah. Like, and it was just like, that says something about, like, the acting. It's like, yeah, if you yeah, want to see more of that character. Yeah, so. I was definitely bummed out during Bond when it's just like, wait, she's not coming back? That's all we got is, like, this one scene? Like, I thought she was going to play a more focal point in the movie. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, totally. But yeah. No, Gray Man was great. I I went in with like no expectations and like kinda came out being like same as you were. It was like this was great. This was really, really good. Yeah, solid, solid, solid movie. Hey, you wanted to talk rehearsal. Yeah, so how far in are you? We watched the we've only watched a couple. So like oh, okay. the first two, I think, because we have still have to watch the second part of the woman who's trying to go through the whole raising a kid from baby to oh, teen. Fuck. I know. Fuck. Cause 
this show fucking morphs into something that I don't know if you see it coming yet or not. And it it's the most fucking Nathan Fillion thing I've ever seen in my life. Fielder. Or Fielder, yeah. Like, because I was watching... <laughs> I think it was by like the third or fourth episode I was watching it and I was like, oh, that's what this show is now. And it's fucking hilarious. Well, I like I was a big fan of Nathan for you. Yeah. And I know a lot of people. His comedy is either like it or you don't. There's no like in between. So yep. I love it. His incredibly cringy, awkward nature of like the way he talks to people and yep. the way he like carries himself and his his movements and everything. Like I absolutely love it. I think it's absolutely hysterical. My wife is yep. in the camp where she's like, Oh, it's so cringy. He's so awkward, it makes oh. me feel awkward. So like she doesn't That's know the- if she likes it because she's like, I mean, I think it's funny, but like it just I feel awkward and I like that, which is the point, right? Yeah, exactly. So the point so yeah. is to make you feel uncomfortable as the audience as you witness all this. Yeah, and that's where in like the true comedic value of it comes from. Yeah, Look, I'm, I'm I really, can't wait to watch the rest of it. Yeah, it's. I'm really curious to get your thoughts on it because it, because where you're at right now is basically like every episode he's doing like this thing where he's like helping people out, right? Mm-hmm. And the show fucking morphs into something that is oh so much him that it was like amazing and I didn't see it coming, but it fucking works and it's hilarious. Mm. That I'm I'm really curious to I think once you realize it, yeah, you'll be like, Oh, this is what Benny was talking about, and it's the most Nathan thing ever, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I can't wait. Hopefully she just decides right my wife decides right away if she's like I I'm into this or not, and then I can just start burning through the rest of it. Sure. But yeah, it's it's really good. If you like his style, It that show goes to a place that is great, and I'm... How many do we know how long this season is? I think eight. And there's okay, six so out? The, I could yeah, be wrong. Okay. okay. But yeah, it's great. If you like his style, it's love it. It's him with HBO money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely love. I can't. I can't wait. Like I love how. Uh, so the first episode was. Uh, oh yeah, where he's like, so we handcrafted the exact same bar. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> it's like giving him HBO money. He's able to just like take things to the fucking next level. Where he's like, all right, we've replicated this entire fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> and then moves the whole replicated bar to that to Oregon yeah. or whatever when he goes to film with the the lady. And that was yeah. so funny when she like meets the dude and all he talks about is the numbers. Oh, look, 88. That's this yeah. and this and oh, look, 100. That's the speed I was going when I crashed my freaking vehicle and found God and da 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 da. Yeah. And then she like convinces him to join the show and it took one night of having to feed the <laughs> robot baby and he's like middle of the night like yeah I'm leaving I just need a good night's sleep yep like oh my uh, god this guy's so fucking cringy it's it's so amazing or uh at the end of the first episode when he's like so it was clear that you weren't gonna be able to do the trivia if 
you had like these thoughts so he was like i subconsciously <laughs> gave you all of the answers <laughs> it's so fucking good it's so fucking good yeah when they're on their little walk and then like the police guy standing there with the tape and they're like what's going on oh it's like a hostage situation and He's already shot and killed two people, and there's two more hostages in there, and they're, yeah. oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah. Ugh. If it weren't for the Chinese inventing gunpowder in 1653, <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yeah. It just, because, uh, like, every time, like, they fucking give the answer, it's, like, it's so deadpan, the answer, yeah. that, like, you as the audience know it is, because, like, you're, you've seen it before. It's so fucking good. Like, yeah. his... Truly really brilliant. I... And I'm so glad that this is an HBO project because they're clearly giving him the budget to do, like, to just take his style to a fucking 10, right? Yeah. So it's like, I I hope they do more with him and that this isn't just, like, I have a feeling this is a one-season deal, mm -hmm. like, with especially where they're going with it. Um, But I hope they, like, he does more. Yeah, me Cause, too. Because, yeah, he's... uh. Yeah, it's it's fucking <laughs> just how fucking in depth he gets with his cringe is so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. So what did speaking you of, Oh go ahead. I was gonna say speaking of HBO, I watched that uh that Game of Thrones premiere. Yeah, and how is it? I mean I saw that they had crazy ratings for that first episode. I still haven't it watched just, it because I'm still on the... Yeah. Am I still mad at HBO and Game of Thrones? Like, I get it's different people now. Like, it's not the same writers and creators and directors, but I'm still... Yeah, and I was still, like, pretty sour because it was, like, Game of Thrones raw-dogged their fans to the point that I have never quite seen a show and a fan base, like, come out and go, like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um... But the first episode was actually pretty fucking good. It's it has the early Game of Thrones feel and the early Game of Thrones momentum, and I'm really curious if they're going to be able to keep that up because it's it's got the early Game of Thrones where it's like here is everyone fighting to to get on the throne, right? Yeah. Like at the core of Game of Thrones, you've got to get that down. And they've set up some nuggets where it's like, here's a handful of people trying to get it. And we're going to give you some shocking, you know, gore scenes. Uh, specifically, they fucking do one in the first episode that is like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, okay, you showed that. Yeah, I heard um, there were some pretty disturbing things in that first episode. You know, um, but, and the set pieces are good, you know dragons are very much alive in this prequel so there's a bunch of them oh, so which you don't is have to wait for the dragons no god no there's like fucking three in the first episode mm. yeah so and it's and uh who's the main guy matt smith i think is his name yeah the doc guy from doctor who yeah he's super solid is like a compelling guy that you fucking hate you know he's like kind of like the early jamie lannister you know yeah and and yeah like it's it's got everything you want out of game of thrones like it's got your it's got your nudity it's got your combat it's got your gory scenes you know and it's it's killing people you know so it's like i'm just curious if they can keep that momentum going yeah because it's only one episode but 
but yeah, I went in with pretty much zero expectations because same as you, I was like, eh, I'm kind of like not into more Game of Thrones because I'm still pretty sour on what they left. Yeah. But com- coming out of the first episode, I was like, I, I want to see more. And I, I want to see if they can deliver, I guess, on what they're kind of laying as a foundation, if that makes sense. Right? Yeah. So. Well, and I'm kind of holding on until I can get like four or five so I can sit down and watch a concentrated amount of them. Sure. Which actually might be the better way to do it, mm-hmm. you know. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious where they go. I'm curious like how if they have the legs to like get the early game of thrones vibe back you know because if they can do that then like early game of thrones was fucking it was all it was like the walking dead in its height right it's like everyone's talking about this and so i'm i'm curious if they can get to that point because it's really easy to make a banger first episode you know so i guess only time will tell yeah, but I mean, the second one is out tonight, so I'll check that out. But yeah, it's so far. I was like, yeah, all right. I want to see more of this and see where this goes. And I'm, yeah, I'm curious. Mm. And thank God the lighting was good in the first episode. It wasn't like some of those. You remember how in like later yeah, they Game of Thrones seasons like where it's like fucking, fucking black. pitch black? <laughs> Thankfully, this actually has some lighting. You know, because it's like, I remember some of those Game of Thrones where it's like, not only is this bad, but I li- literally cannot see what is happening. <laughs> yeah, they so. did a couple of them, and so did The Walking Dead. I remember that was a big controversy for a while where everyone's going, what the fuck, you guys? It's like, I literally cannot see this unless I turn up the brightness on my TV, and even mm-hmm. that doesn't fix it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's all. All right. Did you watch the first episode of She-Hulk? Uh, yeah, the first two. And how do you think this eh, one's going to go? Eh, I'm not crazy hooked on it yet. Neither am I. I, I kind of just want to see the Daredevil stuff. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at too. And man, they fucking... Neutered they the Hulk? Fucking, yeah, like I, as I watched this, cause I, and the Abomination, like I remember as I was watching this and it... it just kind of clued in like what the fuck have they done to the hulk in fucking the marvel universe he's like a fucking bitch now mm-hmm. i was just like what are you doing with this character he's the fucking hulk like and then he can't stop a jeep like <laughs> yeah i don't oh. i don't know why like I, I like it feels so unnecessary what they did to him and like the internet is pretty outraged too because like, okay, you want to make it so Bruce Banner figured out a way to be Bruce Banner, but in, like, the Hulk body so he still has intelligence? Sure. Okay, fuck it. Whatever. I'll deal with that. But, like, I don't know if it's because we're, like, like in an era of, like, overcompensating for female equality and we need female, like, leads and blah, 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 like, all of that fucking stuff. But, like, to make it so... She could instantly, once she became a Hulk, control it. And she instantly could be the Hulk, but be the smart Hulk. And she is instantly faster than him and can jump higher than him and is stronger than him. And it's just like, why does it have to be more? 
Yep. Like, I don't know if that comes across as sexist. Like, and maybe I'm just viewing this completely fucking wrong, but like it seemed almost immediately when she got Hulk blood in her and became the Hulk, it's like, okay, why can't she just be a Hulk? Like, why does she literally have to be infinitely better in every single way than the Hulk? And, and like, can we it, talk about how fucking dumb it is that he just bleeds and someone else is the Hulk? Yeah, like, that seemed a little uh, odd. Like, uh, fucking excuse me, like, uh, he didn't bleed fighting Thanos, you know, but he crashes into a car accident and whoops, I'm bleeding all over the place. Like, mm -hmm. uh, fucking what? <laughs> like, okay, uh, that's real, that's real dumb. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely an interesting like a, take. Yeah, it's like, that was, a. Uh, yeah. That was a choice, but it was just like yeah, I'm kind of just like I'm I'm watching this and like I'm not gonna lie, like really nothing in those first two episodes did anything for me, and I just want to see the Daredevil stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And yeah, it's like it's it's not that I'm opposed to having a She-Hulk and having her be super strong and stuff, but I just feel no. like everything they did wasn't just to make a strong female superhero it was like everything they did made the hulk less of the hulk yeah which is like they took what was like one of the strongest avengers and historically one of the strongest characters in the comics and they're just like yeah here you go <laughs> here's a super watered down version of this yeah uh, okay like all right yeah so i'm curious to see how the rest of the season pans out because i was just like what are you guys doing like why does it have to be this way yeah and it's yeah i don't know i like i get you need to have the hulk in it to get a she-hulk like i don't know what the comic origins are like i don't know if how they did it is the hulk gets shot and like the bullet goes through him and then hits someone else and it is, as far as I know, it is like a blood goes into someone else, and that's how oh. it happens. Oh. But I think it was something with being shot, not a car accident, and then some blood drips, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong. But yeah, I'm, like I said, I, I just kind of want to see the Daredevil stuff just because I really like that character. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep watching, but we'll see. Yeah, so far there's uh, not much there for me, and it was funny to, uh, it, uh, I can't remember where I saw it, I think it was like a Reddit, picture on Reddit or something, and it was one of the writers of that show talking about how, like, yeah, we had this early plan to make this, like, rousing trial, like, multi-episode kind of attorney arc, and then they, like, on the press tour, they they admitted they're like, and then we realized that we actually weren't that good of writers to do that, so we didn't. And I was just like, uh, "What? Like, don't don't say that on the press tour, man!" Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> and it was like, okay. And then like I watched the first two episodes of She-Hulk, and I'm like, "It, yeah, your writing really isn't that good." <laughs> oh, ridiculous! Yeah. Well, I guess that really just leaves Sandman. Yeah, and I still have the finale to watch, but uh, what are your thoughts on that show? 
I mean, so like all of my thoughts come from a place of I've never read the book. Okay, sure. The consensus I'm seeing online is that it's a pretty decent depiction of how the books were. Mm-hmm. It kind of it's thrown me for a loop a couple times because like from start to like damn near the end, multiple times it feels like the okay, like right at the beginning you're like okay the storyline is he's imprisoned, then he gets out and this whole season is going to be about him trying to get his sand mask and jewel back and then within three episodes he has them all back and i'm like wait okay so then what's the plot now and then it's like oh the new plot is this and then after a couple of like episodes that arc is resolved and you're like oh okay it's over oh no there's more episodes and now it's all about the fucking dream vortex and i'm like huh these all seem like story arcs that could have spanned an entire season and instead they're spanning a few episodes before they move into the next one which is yeah. like it's definitely an interesting and different take but i feel like it was like at least for the first one when he's trying to get his jewel and everything back it's like that was wrapped up really quickly i really did enjoy yeah. the whole episode with buddy in the diner and people starting to oh, like yeah. live out their that episode was fucking fantastic mm-hmm. their weird little fantasies yeah and i think it's the way those storylines are spaced out is because and from what I understand is like it's because of how faithful the adaption is, and like the book is basically like parts. It's ba- basically like each part of the book is an episode of the TV show. So mm-hmm. I think that's why they're doing it. So it's like, and it's a, kind of a weird format, like you said, because it's like very much each episode is almost a contained story, almost yeah. right. So it's getting into that mindset of like, okay, each episode kind of has its own arc and resolution, and then it kind of ties into the overall thing, right? So, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it actually gets picked up for a second season or not. Yeah. I mean, it seems I... to be the best one so far, like, because American, <coughs> of, of Neil Gaiman's work, because American Gods was, it was all right. Good Omens was, I thought, mediocre. I didn't even yeah. finish the whole thing. I don't, I never even watched Good Omens, so I can't really say. But, <clears throat> yeah, so far, like, I'm, I'm really liking it, so mm-hmm. I'm. <clears throat> I only have one episode left, but I really like the main guy that plays it. Yeah, I he, think he does re- a really good job. And he's got that like really creepy fucking dream look to him. It's like yeah, that's my point. And I love the tall, stockier British guy that lives in the basement of the oh, same yeah, apartment yeah. of her. Like that dude, I loved him as uh, the chemist in the dropout. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I really like that guy. Yeah, so it was the really cast nice. is yeah, really good. And uh, oh, I really liked um, his sister when they did that whole episode on death. I really liked that. I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Like where she was going on and like how he was like talking. He was like, "How the fuck do you do this all the time?" Where you yeah. basically just like kill. And she actually goes into it and like it's written in, in like a very sweet way where you're just like, "Oh yeah, that's actually a really unique way to look at it." Right, so yeah, really well done. Really happy with it. Yeah, so I'm curious how it ends because I don't remember how the end the book ends. But yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we get another one. Maybe Netflix yeah. will redo some of his other works. Hopefully, but I'm good. It's not uh, a bad adaption because I know there has not been some very good ones. Yeah. So. 
I, which was funny too because there was uh there's a clip going around where he's talking in the interview about how he uh, intentionally sit yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know if you see that but it's fucking hilarious because he was like talking to the director and the director was like super into the story he made and he was like on the phone and he's like no man like this is the worst shit i've ever read in my life yeah <laughs> too fucking funny yeah so but yeah i think that's all i got yeah that's all i got all right well i guess i'll catch you on the next one later <laughs>